It's the Yolanda Neely Show. Welcome to the Yolanda Neely Show podcast, and I'm very excited today. I have a special guest around the round table, Dr. John Perry, the second, right? Absolutely. Okay. I have finally made it to the round table. <laughs> yes, you have. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, not only are you a pastor, you're a pastor of? Mount Sinai Missionary Baptist Church. Okay. You're also the president of the NAACP Brunswick chapter. Yes, I am. So you got a lot going on. Woo, who you tell it. Okay. And you ran for a city commissioner. Yes. And I think you lost by what, 11 votes? Yeah. 12? It was, it was ridiculously low. I was kind of upset. I fussed at people. I was still on the radio then. Because people always say that their vote don't count. In this instance, you can really tell that their vote really counted so. absolutely um i had a whole bunch of people saying oh i thought it was a sure win mm -hmm. i'm sorry i could have did better so um next year we're gonna make it we're gonna make it right okay because there's a seat that i would love for you to run for but oh, that's just my opinion <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that on another day All but right. <laughs> but uh you know so much has been going on in our community and i gotta commend you because you have really been leading the charge uh, you've been representing Brunswick very well. It seems you have become the face of Brunswick. Well, you know, I've had a lot of support, mm -hmm. a lot of people backing me, mm -hmm. um, and that believed in my leadership and ability to keep our community united. Um, and so I've been honored to, to help lead the charge. Well, you have been doing an excellent job. I, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of MSNBC and CNN. I'm like, Wait, 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 wait. That's that's Dr. Barry right there. Yeah. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> Every time I looked at it on TV, I was like, oh, I look horrible. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> you represent it well. You represent it well. Well, you know, our community is definitely going through a going through a time. A really, really rough time. I've gotten calls all over this country. Uh Ahmad Aubrey. Right. Tell us what made you get so involved in it, other than the fact that you are the president of the NAACP. Well, you know, at the core of my being, I just have a love for people. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been someone who's willing to fight for the underdog and speak out about injustices. Mm -hmm. And so in this case with the mod, um, it's, it's one of the biggest incidents of um, injustice that we've seen in this area. Mm -hmm. um, the idea that he's gunned down and nothing is done for months. And then in the midst of all of that, you know, we have law enforcement that make the attempt to cover it up. Yeah. Um, and so um, it was a great case of, of gross injustice. Mm -hmm. um, and it had multiple levels that, that begged to be spoken to. Um, and I just felt that it was a part of my divine call um, to be involved in bringing justice on, on both sides of, of the coin. Right, right. You know, when did you find out? I know he got shot on the 23rd and I got phone calls that went crazy because, you know, I live in a subdivision that says Satilla. Right. So everybody was hitting me up. Are you OK in there? I'm like, I'm fine. So, you know, the rumors that I started hearing was that um, an owner came out because 
this young African-American man was uh, robbing somebody's house. And I mean, I heard all kind of stories and right. then it just died. Right. I mean, I didn't hear anything because, you know, the unfortunate part, we don't have local television. We don't have even local black representation on the radio anymore. I'm just saying right. <laughs> it's just it's not there like it was before. But, you know, so it kind of just just died. The virus kicked in and everybody stayed home and trying to save lives. And, and that just slipped right on by the community. Yeah, it was the perfect conditions to try um, to suppress needed to know information to the community. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, the only thing out in the paper was that um, a young man was shot um, in the Satilla Shores area. Mm -hmm. And it was just that little blurb. And everyone began to ask the question, well, did you know who that was? Do you have any other information other than somebody got shot? Mm -hmm. And different rumors were going about you know we heard that he was trying to steal copper mm -hmm. um, out of a house that was being developed and so we heard different things and then like you said the coronavirus kicked in mm -hmm. and it put everybody on panic you know right um, everybody was thinking self-preservation what's going on mm -hmm. and then after about a week and a half to two weeks once you know the world got its bearings you know we begin to ask that question again mm -hmm. um and cedric king um, Cedric King, the mayor, and Mark Baker. Okay. Um, they they called me and asked me to be a part of a meeting that they had scheduled with the with the DA Jackie Johnson and with um, Chief of Police um, Jay Wiggins. Mm -hmm. And we had that meeting and began to ask some questions. And as we began to ask questions, some things were not setting right mm. with us, you know. Um, and so we began the process of just trying to trying to um, dig deeper mm -hmm. and do the things necessary to um, get the proper information um, so that we could ward off any of the violence that we've seen across the country right. um, through protests. Um, we knew that if justice was not rendered, um, that we were gonna have a major, major problem. I mean, so we got on the front end um, and you know, a, a group that's done a wonderful, wonderful job is the I Run With Mod team. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, um, a King Baker, um, Coach Vaughn, um, they they came together, organized a group of people, and they began to hit social media, right, um, and pull people in and get information out. Um, and so um, there were people that were very concerned, okay, um, that 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 hit the ground running to try to make sure that we could we could have justice. I'm gonna tell you, you guys have done an amazing job. You guys are the model of what really can and cannot happen because. This could have been explosive, but the fact that you guys jumped ahead of it, um, trying to find answers, because when you say a community like Satilla Shores and you see a black young black man gets killed, oh, people just like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah, okay, we know what happened. And you didn't. Horrible assumptions. Mm -hmm. um, it goes back to the fact that we're still in a culture mm -hmm. that, that profiles the African-American male. Um, there's no deep, investigation mm -hmm. um, you're automatically assumed guilty right until proven innocent and I think that's very important for um, the black community to always keep in mind that even though our law say that you're innocent until proven guilty that the reality is is reversed for us right that we're often guilty until proven innocent and they had already announced his guilt yeah yeah um, the shooter but not just the shooter but those that um, heard by large um, that he had been shot for the crime that they claimed that he committed. Right. 
and he didn't he was jogging and you know so many yeah. people went over to the house now i'm gonna be honest my house when it was being in construction and i came and checked out the neighborhood i guess i did some illegal stuff because i was up and down in my neighborhood i was driving around i got out the car i right. parked i walked in the construction site in fact the uh the realtor told me to go do it right <laughs> you know then the realtor said go look see if you like it see what kind of uh floor plans you would like okay so what's the difference between because i'm a i'm a woman and he's a young black male you know does that make that difference because there was a lot of other people going over to the house checking Correct. it out when we look at the footage mm -hmm. you know it clearly shows that you had white couples mm -hmm. um, going in the house looking um you had kids mm -hmm. other kids um of um other races walking in to look at the house or do whatever they were doing in the house um and so it's, it really doesn't make any sense mm -mm. that they tried to present the case that he was trespassing. Right, um, right. And, you know, all throughout the case, we've seen them try to tear down the character mm -hmm. of Ahmad um, to justify, you know, the act of killing him um, when they killed him. It's, it's horrible that the mother, that the family, that those close to him mm -hmm. um, had to sit by and watch on TV right. um, as they consistently tried to defame his character um, so that they could justify themselves. But the reality is um, they're in survival mode right now. Yeah. Do yeah. everything you can do um, in order to try to, to get off. Exactly. Yeah. They're doing everything they can conceive possible to try to make that look good. You can't make that look good. You no. cannot, that, that, you cannot make that look good. Here's George Floyd. Horrible. And we got to see that. You know, literally there's shirts going around now that say, you know, I, I can't breathe mm -hmm. and, and poetry and songs. Mm -hmm. But literally when you watch that on the heels of all of the stuff that had already happened, um, for those of us that sat there watching the footage, we couldn't breathe. Right. Um, the shock. Um, that our police system um, was that brutal, um, that uncaring, um, was shocking to a lot of people. Yeah. Now, we've heard of police brutality, but to see it in the, the way that we saw it mm -hmm. um, in the George Floyd case was absolutely shocking, appalling. Um, and it literally has people all over the world in uproar. Yeah. I mean, all over the world. And just to see... Ahmad's face all over the world and you know um you know Miss Wanda how is she doing um it's clear that she's numb mm -hmm. um considering the level of trauma that she's gone through mm -hmm. um she's doing great um in my opinion right but I'm certain there's a lot of emotional weight there um a lot of numbness there mm -hmm. um, from all that she's experiencing and it's going to take her some time yeah um, to get over the, the tragic loss of her, her baby. Absolutely. You know, we continuously, as believers, we are praying for the Aubrey family. We are praying for Miss Cooper because I can't even fathom. You yeah. have a child. Next thing you know, you're all over the world because somebody literally chased your child down like a deer, not right. even a dog. Right. Then you got a wrestle in your head. Oh, I got all these eyes on me. Do I go try to kill these people? Okay. Or do I do it the right way? Um, because... In that kind of situation, mm -hmm. there has to be extreme thoughts yeah. on both sides. Yeah. You know, do I even try to depend upon the justice system that has been trying to delay his justice and trying to cover up his justice? 
Um, or do I just take matters in my own hands mm-hmm. and get justice for my baby myself? And so I'm sure she's she's wrestled mentally with with mm-hmm. all kinds of thoughts. Um, and so you're right. We're, we we got to be praying for her in this season. Absolutely, because just knowing the mother that I had. If anybody touch her children, I mean, I don't care. She was 90 years old. She got to grab her cane and she will beat you upside your head. Yeah. She would, she would have been going for you. Absolutely. So, because that, that's our child. So I, I, I commend her on her strength because again, you know, and, and, and his dad, you know, right. as well, the rest of the family, but, you know, especially your mom, cause you brought this child into this world. So just mm. to see him, you know, savagely gunned down like that, I can't even fathom. You know, and it's 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 amazing because I kind of live in one of those type of neighborhoods, but I, we got a few more black folk <laughs> than yeah. than Centilla Shores. But my nephew was here, and it was about eleven o'clock at night. He's like, put on his hoodie. He said, "Yeah, I'm going for a walk around the neighborhood." I said, "No, you not. Not that hoodie. Yeah, I said, "No, you can't do that." And you better put on all white. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and then even with him, he looked more Hispanic than, mm-hmm. you know, than, than, than me. So it's like, oh, my God, no, you are really not going because that's next level. <laughs> <laughs> Black and brown people are just not safe to do things like that. That's right. So he calls me and he said, oh, my God, you were right. I said, I told you. Wow. You can't play. Yeah. You are in deep down South Georgia. Those are the conversations that I think all black parents or most black parents have with their children mm-hmm. um, that there's a system um, that may not necessarily give you a, face, a fair shake. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I always told my son, but recently I found out he was pulled over by the police and he was telling me about the experience. Okay. Um, and for, for the most part, he handled himself very calmly, mm-hmm. um, but I could hear the frustration on the inside of him as he told the experience. Um, and I said to him what I always say to him we get through the moment and we raise hell later mm-hmm. you you discipline yourself you control um, your your response in the moment so that you can survive the moment and once you get through the moment you come let daddy know and and we gonna shake some trees and raise some hell right but you don't raise hell in the moment because anything can happen and there's no one to to witness right um the brutality or the unfair treatment that you receive um and they can come up with anything to justify gunning you down that's true you know i had an incident many years ago i was traveling from atlanta to miami i used to live in miami and i surprised my mom for her birthday and i i rented a car Mm. park avenue so I'm rolling, rolling, rolling. rolling. Good. Okay, rolling good. <laughs> and I got pulled over in, um, I think it was in Vero Beach, Florida. And I got surrounded about five state troopers. I have never been so scared in my life, but I made sure I made it to the uh, rest stop. Thank God I was at the rest stop. And when they pulled me over, I had short haircuts. So they, so when he walked up to the uh, to the car, and he was kind of taken aback because he thought I was a guy. Right. So I said, hi, officer, can I help you? You know, and I spoke as proper as I could. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's you, the time to use the white voice. That's the time to use the white voice. And I sure did. Now, most of my friends say I sound white all the time. But reality, I think I was whiter. <laughs> I said, officer, is there a problem? And he said, because I know I wasn't speeding. 
I know I wasn't speeding. So he just said, no. Um, he said, where are you off to? I said, I'm heading to Miami. And he asked me, because apparently I found that was the drug route. Right. From Atlanta to, I, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Especially at night. Now I travel in the daytime. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, that experience really uh, showed me something. But, you know, after I talked to him, he was like, okay, so where are you going to Miami? It's like, it's my mom's birthday. You know, I'm going to surprise her. She doesn't know I'm coming. So, I mean, I, I, I talked my way out of it and I was right. good. I didn't, you know, I didn't get a ticket or anything. But the fact that how they surrounded me, like I was, like I was really, if I would have resisted or if I would have cussed or if I would have said, nobody would have known anything about me. But notice what you said. I talked my way out of it mm-hmm. when you had did nothing. I did nothing. So literally, you have to talk yourself out of doing nothing mm-hmm. because we're assumed mm-hmm. to be guilty um, from the very beginning. Right, right. And I was a lot younger than I look young. So, and I'm black and I'm driving a Park Avenue. How dare mm-hmm. you? <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to be doing that. But, right. you know, again, I, I kind of... but. You know what's so funny though? My license was suspended. Oh. Yeah, my insurance lapsed. Oh, yeah. And I didn't even know. You've changed the narrative. <laughs> but that was after the fact because he said, I got a check. I still talk my way out of it though. He said, okay, I can take you to jail right now or you can come back for your court date. I said, I'll be back. Right. <laughs> and I went back, took care of my fine, took care of everything. Hey, I got insurance. Absolutely. I'm good. But you know, those situations, it could have really escalated into something. Because really, I didn't even know my license had, you know, was suspended. You know, I was I, I was living on the wild side. Well, <laughs> we all go through that. We're talking about when we we're younger. Exactly. And I got a lot of stories. Exactly. So wait, that's like at least thirty years ago. Trust me, I wouldn't. Right. I would never do anything like that now. But I'm responsible. What do we say to our kids now, especially our black children? What do we say to them at this point? Because do we tell them don't protest? Do we tell them okay? This is important because we're, we're looking at a time that we saw back in the 60s mm-hmm. and young people, young white people, right? not just black people, they're seeing the injustice as well. It's like the young people are changing the narrative of the country right now. Absolutely. What did we say to our young people? Well, you know, I think that our young people have already formulated their opinion and perspective about it because mm-hmm. we see that they're out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you may have parents that are concerned about their their commitment to this process of pro- peacefully protesting mm-hmm. um, and are afraid of what could come out of it. Mm-hmm. But our young people um, are a generation that is declaring that we're not afraid mm-hmm. and we're going to stand up in this season and we're going to demand the change that we want to see. I think that we have to challenge our people, our young people. Have you thought beyond the protest? Right. Um, because we can't stay locked into um, a, a season of prolonged protests. Um, there has to be some type of agenda, some type of plan, some type of movement, something that we're moving towards. So that's been my challenge to young people. Mm-hmm. Um, what next? Mm-hmm. Um, what do we do after the protesting? Um, just to make sure that they're, they've raised that relevant thought um, and they're thinking through the process. Awesome. You know, it's what happens here in this town. I mean, you think that the trial will be here? Because I know people want to, we, we're, we're concerned about that. Yeah, a lot of people have said that they feel that we can't get the proper justice here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you know, because their concern is about the jury. Right. 
And what we've seen here locally is that blacks and whites have come together and say, this was horrific. Mm -hmm. um, and so we haven't had to stand alone as a black community. We've had the white community standing side by side with us. Absolutely. Um, denouncing the acts of the McMichaels um, and Ronnie. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so um, I, think, I think we probably could find a, a jury that tried the case right. Okay. Now, I think because of our history of legal injustice and law enforcement injustice, um, people are just disenchanted with the system holistically. Mm -hmm. And that's making them say, we can't get a fair trial here. It's always been corrupt. Right. Um, but I think there are some people, um, our, our um, Attorney General Chris Carr, mm -hmm. um, he called and said, listen, we're going to um, do a thorough investigation on the DAs involved um, and, and see if there were any mishandling of the case. And if it was, you have our word that we're going to deal with it. And um, they've, they've held to their word. An investigation okay. is taking place. Um, and so I believe on a state level, there are people that want to make the wrong right. Mm -hmm. um, they see the passion of the people and they're working um they're working diligently to try to make sure that we have a system here that we can trust. On the ballot, uh, the DA, she was running unopposed. So do you think that we have enough uh, signatures that she can get some competition? Yeah, I think, I think we have enough. Uh, last I heard, um, I believe that Keith Higgins had 5,400 okay. signatures. Um, and so they got to go through the process of making sure that all of those signatures are valid. Okay. Um, but he has so many signatures that I'm certain that we're going to get him enough signatures to be on the ballot for November. Okay. Um, and so I'm excited about that. But also, if the state has to put DA Jackie Johnson out of office, right? then they're going to appoint somebody. Okay. It won't go to the polls until... Um, 2022. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's interesting to see all of this play out and unfold, and we're kind of waiting to see what's going to take place. Right. Well, I'm hoping that she is out one way or the other. Oh, she's going to be out. She's going to be out. Because, yeah. I, I, you know, I love the fact that you guys are still, you're protesting about that. You want her fired. You want her out. Well, you know, it, following news stories, they're coming out with more and more um, that she did that was unethical. Mm -hmm. um, going back to the case with um, the officer that killed herself, Sasser. Right. Um, and killed his wife. Yeah. She recused herself from the case, but yet um, signed off on paperwork and, um, and different things. And so they're proving over and over where she misused her, her office and her authority. Um, and so I think it's going to be impossible for her to stay in that position. Mm -hmm. And if by some strange chance they try to keep her in it, in the position, I believe there'll be uproar um, from okay. our community and gotcha. neighboring communities um, that will will help push her dismissal. Awesome. Awesome. Because we got to get get that out. That's mm -mm, not good. <laughs> not good. Not, not good. Not good at all. So what's coming up for John Perry II? What are you trying to do? How well, are you going to continue? Well, this is my 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 last year in this term of being the president of NAACP. Okay. And of course, next year, um, there are some positions coming available um, in city government. Yes. Um, and I'm, I'm weighing out which one of those positions 
I want to run for. I have um, a few people talking to me about one position over the other. Um, and so I got to figure out, but definitely I'm running for um, a city office Okay. Um, next year. Okay. Speaking of city, do you think there's going to be a consolidation between the city and the county, especially since they're trying to get rid of Glen County Police now? department well, you know that would be in law enforcement mm-hmm. um but that would not be in terms of our city of brunswick okay um having um the ability to govern its own self okay and so um i'm not for consolidation neither am i um and so um i've i've voiced that um i've had town hall meetings about, okay about um not consolidating while why it wouldn't be good for um our community and so um, I'm totally against it. Um, now I've heard from the other side why consolidation would be a good thing because of tax purposes as far as the city is concerned. Right. Uh, the taxes are higher in the city versus the county. Right. And disproportionately, you know, you got wealthier people in the county Absolutely. versus the city. So if that choice that you would want us to stay separate how could you combat that to at least help the citizens out in the city as far as their taxes, property taxes and things well, like that? You know, when it comes to the tax issue, the reason that taxation is more in the city is because you have to pay county taxes yes. and city taxes. Okay. So you're you're paying two taxes. Um, the argument of those in the county is that, you know, why pay two taxes when, you know, you can just be the county and just have one tax. Right. The problem with that for me is that the city of Brunswick is the inheritance um, of, of the black community. Yes. That, that you know, there was a period where black businesses flourished in um, the city of Brunswick. Homes have been passed down um, from generation to generation um, to the African-American community. Um, And it's my hopes to be a part of helping to wake up the minority community um, to the fact that you have in your hands a precious inheritance. Um, Mm -hmm. And that if we come together, if we unify and begin to do um, business at the level that we're supposed to do it, we can have a very thriving city um, that creates opportunities for a lot of minorities. You know, um, I've been going downtown a lot and been walking around and seeing all the buildings and things. And a lot of other people have noticed Brunswick. Absolutely. And they're buying into Brunswick. I mean, we got a waterfront. We have things that we could be as as like Savannah. Right. We could be thriving like a Savannah. I mean, that's the perfect example because you see the waterfront when you go down, you know, the riverfront down to Savannah. And I lived there, so I know that's why I keep a little piece of property in Savannah, you know. And do you see that happening here? Do you see us getting to that level? It's going to happen one way or the other. Um, Either it's going to happen with us understanding the power that we have Mm -hmm. as a minority community or our white brothers and sisters are going to come in and they're going to buy up properties and they're going to develop. It. Right. And so development is, you know, it's, it's going to happen, period. Mm-hmm. The question is, what group of people um, will make it happen? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it may not necessarily have to be one group or the other. It may be um, 
African-American community and the white community coming together to make it happen. But um, development is going to happen. It's inevitable. I'm going to be honest. When I got here eight years ago, I went downtown and I drove around and I kept saying, this is a gold mine. Oh, my God. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that was the first thing I said. This is a gold mine. Exposure, though. Yes. When you have exposure, yeah. you see the opportunities that others miss. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I do realize that, you know, coming from bigger cities, you know, growing up in new york and places like that so yeah i i've seen it you know I, so i i kind of see it i you know I, i've envisioned right. i've envisioned having my business downtown i have it all planned out i'm we ready want you there too. You, you want me there yes yes, yes. <laughs> please do i'm ready <laughs> i'm ready because i don't want to move anymore i don't want to move anymore i love radio i do but you know you get to a point you know i'm at that point that you know i see more for myself right and i see it here I see a lot here. It's a beautiful place. Oh my God, yes. I had a job interview and they asked me, what do you like about Brunswick? I said, I got St. Simons, I got Jekyll Island, and I got a historic downtown Brunswick. Right. You got a riverfront. Why would you not like it? Absolutely. (laughs) You know, this is is a little piece of paradise if if you work it. And it appears that God has put a shield around our area because mm-hmm. every time hurricanes come yes it's, it's almost like like the heavens are saying off limits mm-hmm. they always go around us right um, and so we're positioned right in that little nook mm-hmm. on the coast um and it causes us to miss a lot of things that others have to deal with right right so yeah and i i'm definitely not feeling a hurricane because yeah. usually when they say i'm like deuces i'm out <laughs> you and me alike okay see well i've been through andrew mm. so i'm in miami i've been through andrew so i, I don't ever want to ever ever go through something like that again that was one of the most scariest feelings in my life so i can believe it so. I've, I've never been through anything because i pack up okay i ain't taking no chances <laughs> and that's how i every time they say oh are you willing to stay no i'm out <laughs> so but we're definitely looking forward to uh seeing what's happening with you next year and uh i have my ideas so i, I i'll tell you off air yeah that works now. that works uh, but i really do appreciate you taking time coming by and sitting around the round table we got to do it again for oh, sure absolutely because i want people to know what's what's going to go on with with the case and you know you're basically one of the good people that i can sit down and have that type of conversation with and because people have been calling me all over the country i mean like mm. it's like rick rick party hit me up he's like right. yolanda you know i need to talk to somebody i'm like first person i thought about was you well i appreciate it you know and that's and that's a national platform so people have been calling me all over the country you know man what y'all got going on down in brunswick georgia well you know i i'm not i wasn't shocked by the national opportunity because you're global um, oh here you go yeah, when, <laughs> when you hold the weight that you hold that that creates doors and opportunities so i definitely appreciate it oh absolutely absolutely but uh you know again i appreciate you taking time coming by and uh talking with me because uh, again we're gonna t- we're gonna do this again because people okay. definitely want to know and want to keep up and i think having this the news is cool but you know you're hearing it a little bit from jacksonville and a little bit from savannah but directly talking to people who are involved and who are you know leading the charge of of 
of Ahmad's case, I, I think people really want to know what's happening. I wanted to know. So I thank you so much for coming by Dr. John Perry and uh, the second. Well, thank you so much. And to all of your listeners, uh, it's been a joy sharing with you all. All right. It is the Yolanda Neely Show podcast. <laughs>